Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. I'm the most savage with it, the most hungry for this, the most likely to win it, cause most can't ignore this, the most underrated, the most fuck you pay me, I guess what I'm saying is that I really do the most, this is hard knives, fighting to get dog tired, getting better every day, searching for some growth, my mama working too hard, but I can't fuck with no job, I'm in the field still, switching my approach, I got drop top dreams, hitting non-stop threes for the team, watch me kill it in the don't have to ask me what I do this for If you know me, you know it's obvious that I do this for the coast It's the culture that made me Queens turned me to a man, I don't nothing can face me I've been building this bus in the hardest city to do it On the scene, people tell us MDC is the truest Atlanta to the top spot, running this music We about to build this back from the ground No more excuses, we got the best in the world Like the homie Ben Lewis Telling Brendan if a trap gone Break out the nooses, they been sleeping on us like narcotics Spoken like an antiseptic, now boasting just that invested. So me when I hit these records, too much effort, now this can't be counterfeited. Hey, y'all be scared to stand out, y'all be trying to fit in. I'm 230 dry, still jumping up the stage, man. Everything I do is wet, watch me hit the rain dance. You got a team, but you ain't got no game plan. At the switch, the kill switch. EP on the way, man, there's more for me. I ain't dipping them, diving, focusing on business. I'm trying to explode the scene. This shit is a vibe of dopamine, I'm just moving that product. This like paid in full, but none of us as actors, we some pushers with some malice, empty clips on all you rappers, so caught up in egos, that's that shit I can't adapt to, thinking too divisive, y'all won't never be a factor, to elevate the game, I gotta elevate my mind, I know the cost of this ain't free, I'm just here to pay the fines. Yes, yes, yes. You already know what it is. It is time for Ben Talks right here live on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, Ben Lewis and Addy, the uh, self-proclaimed baddie. Yes, right? as you already know. The Come self-proclaimed on. Self-proclaimed baddie. I didn't know you could call yourself that. I thought like someone had to like. It's possible. You just, you. you know, you just do it and you mean it. And Oh, OK, OK. Everyone, I was, I was, everyone sees it. And so then. Because I was given the title best in the world. I'm not sure if you are aware of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware that I was given the title best in the world. But, oh, um, no, I don't recall. Yeah. I wasn't a part of the deliberation. Oh. So uh, I'm not sure if that's the title. That well, it was back when you were gathering 600 black folks to go watch Black Panther and uh, <laughs> you forgot to invite me. <laughs> but we're, We've moved past it. No, I don't we've care. Since, I don't care. We've since become Whatever. best friends. and Well, again, that's that's really strong. See, this is the this is what I have to deal with. Yes, you have to deal with people like me. I'm the problem. The patriarchy. <laughs> Did you have a good week, though? You know what? I did. I think I did. Did you? I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't bad. What was, what was, uh, you don't remember what was so good about your week? I mean, I felt like, I felt very occupied. (laughs) And sometimes that's kind of good for me when I feel like I'm doing things and pushing Uh, my life forward. Keeps you from getting into trouble, huh? Basically, that was my motto back in high school. Just stay out of trouble. Ah, stay busy. You know, stay busy and, you know, be a busybody, so. 
Nobody gotcha. has to catch these hands. <laughs> Nobody has to catch these hands. Very, yeah. very interesting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, a very good How show. How was Oh, well. It's about time. Switch up. Somebody cares about the host on this program. I didn't say care. I just, I just asked. Wow. Well, my week was, was good since you don't care. My week was all right. I think the listeners would like to know, though. So, well, you know, Monday I was here, and uh, Tuesday I was also here. <laughs> Wednesday I was almost here, but no, that didn't happen. Yes, and I'm here today. You so. basically work as much as Uncle Ruckus does. <laughs> so, did you catch Uncle Ruckus on Breakfast Club? That was great. I'm sorry. Wait, was that recent? Yeah, I did not see that. Because you know the uh, journalist that is Charlemagne the God mm-hmm. had um, Uncle Ruckus up on uh, the Breakfast Club. It was actually very funny. That's hilarious. But because we have a guest coming in today, we, we don't really have much time to get into it. Okay, so let's but, move on. Yes, we will move on. Um, yes, uh, Alexis Marie Wint will be coming in live in studio. Yes, in the I'm second so hour of the show. I'm very excited as well. Um, I took a shower. So, uh, <laughs> you see, Ben doesn't get to talk to a lot of women, so exactly, you know, exactly. This is, this is a rare occasion. I'm, I'm mostly in here speaking to myself, and so <laughs> he doesn't get out much. I don't, not at all, not at all. But definitely want to uh, get the show started. We're gonna get started with our shout outs. I want to shout out my boy Two Chains, man. That Two rapper Chains. go to the league is his best album to date, in my opinion. Oh, word! You see, and I'm so there's too many albums coming out. I have a life. I have shit to do. Wow. I couldn't... I, I was listening to with the, Offset, with the subtle, Solange. With the subtle jab at my life, but uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they need to all slow the fuck down so uh-huh. that I can have the capacity to listen to them all. Yeah, what happened to people, like, saying, like, oh, this person's releasing the album on that day. I'm not going to do that. Like, what happened to that? Yeah. They used to um, wait. Push their album the back if it landed mm-hmm. on the same day as theirs. Like, all types of stuff. But now, everybody just drops to... Mm-hmm. SoundCloud, or not SoundCloud, a title or Apple Music or whenever. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter anymore. But the album I thought was very good. And LeBron James AR the album. Did he? Yes. LeBron James was the AR for rap or go to the league. Obviously, LeBron is doing the work with the um more than an athlete show he's got going. He's got a lot of shows going. What? How now, is he but. doing this? What the and he just broke the record. He just broke like Jordan's yeah, career stats. Record, yeah. And I saw two chains gave him his chain during oh, the he? game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right after the game. Like he beat all of his like major stats, which is awesome because yeah. LeBron James is just so much better than Michael Jordan. Um Oh, don't 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 uh rile up the, the look, I, look, I mean I'm not even talking about just sports. I'm yeah, talking no, about overall, just as a person. Impact on, so it's on just really culture. nice that when it goes down in the history books, you know, we could say his name clearly as the number yes. one who also has does done so much for the exactly. community. Uh exactly. So that was my first shout out because that project was amazing. Well dope. Absolutely dope. Next one is uh Jada Pinkett. Uses Reddit Table Talk platform for good. What do you yes. mean? Yes. Well, here's what I meant by that. Because Jordan, like obviously, uh, Jordan Woods was like a hot commodity as far as interviews mm-hmm. go. Like people all over probably wanted to talk mm-hmm. to her to get her side of the story. Would she have had a chance other than going on Red Table Talk mm-hmm. to have a fair shot? At explaining herself, no, because the Kardashians rule the, and the you know media. the tabloids yeah. and the media industry. Like so, any other place that she could have gone and gave her story, she mm-hmm. would have been attacked. They would have yep. tried to pick it apart. Yep, and t- 
probably to a little bit of a fault. Jada didn't do any of that. Jada yeah. kind of sat back yeah. and let her talk, and we can make of her side of the story what we think. <laughs> Granted, I didn't think much of her side of the story. I do think there was a lot of holes in the there story. There we go. I don't think she, I don't think it was. I think it was like maybe lying by omission. Yes, exactly. I think it was like you know yes. she she said con- like I, I was convinced by the things she said, but there was so much that she didn't say that right. was making me feel some type yeah, of way. Like what happened in the hours between right sitting on her his, sitting on his or allegedly yeah sitting or on his her lap. leg swinging on his leg <laughs> not really sitting on his lap mm-hmm. to when she looked up and the sun was up mm-hmm. and she decided that she would leave because she had a driver waiting outside for her right and Only i just if, yeah and i'm just like why would tristan just just mm-hmm. randomly without any type of hint without any type of flirting going mm-hmm. on he just oh let me just kiss her while she's walking <sighs> out when i had her hair in my house the whole night where I'm going to assume maybe people fell asleep. Maybe mm-hmm. people left. There was definitely an opportunity for privacy between them two. And he doesn't wait. He doesn't do anything mm-hmm. until he's just leaving. And that's when he reaches in for a peck. Yeah, it's a cry for help from him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if that is, if that is in fact true. Right. Allegedly. But I thought Jada should have like asked a little bit more questions. But again, that wasn't her but purpose. But that's a man. That's yeah, a man. exactly. Exactly. So, you know, she got to look out for the homie. Exactly. And quite frankly, people are sick of the Kardashian shit. Yeah, so. we are. And like, <laughs> we are sick of them. And I completely agree with your point there that like, it gave her the opportunity to be human. And yeah. what the Kardashians could have painted as something like, I mean, because yeah, sure, she has the right to be mad. But if a Kardashian's mad at you, like your life is really just on hold as she said that her family can't even leave the house yeah, exactly. her brother sister can't go to school so anything beyond what has already happened to her in terms of her getting dragged on social media people under her comments threatening her life we didn't need to take it any further than that I, I was happy that that kind of like put things back to center this is a young girl who grew up with them or whatever and so like it needs to be dealt privately dealt with privately yeah yeah exactly um but chloe didn't like the story too much because she she still <laughs> Had some stuff to say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, also I want to shout out uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z always doing, oh, Jay-Z always behind the scenes. Like mm-hmm. I do give him some 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 mm-hmm. crap about his uh, scholarship program and lack thereof. <laughs> but he, as far as like getting young black men, like innocent black men mm-hmm. out of prison or getting them the help that they need mm-hmm. to fight some of these unfair charges that they got, Jay-Z has been front and center and he's been doing a good job at it. And he's at it again because Jabari Talbot, who was only a sixth grader and he was arrested because he refused to stand for the national anthem in school. Yeah. And, uh, that's crazy. and you know, obviously, his how parents, could you, yeah, how could you even arrest? How does that even work? Like, I mean, where is this located? Where was this happening? In like, um, the I South? yeah, um, yeah, it was somewhere yeah. in the South. But I didn't take down what, uh, probably where exactly, but, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous To have him arrested That's First absurd. of all To call the cops Not just to call the cops But then To actually go through mm-hmm. With an arrest To call the cops On a young black boy Yes It's a, crazy A boy exactly Sixth mm-hmm. grade mm-hmm. Wait was this This boy is certainly black right Yes Okay Yes <laughs> Cause I was gonna say But um, uh, Jay-Z made sure uh, He helped them And made sure that The charges were dropped Against them yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if you heard of this story, um, too. There's a sixth grader who um, was a rapper or something like that. And he had said, like, fuck the police in one of his lyrics, like I just said. Um, and apparently got Uh-oh. arrested. Right. Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> right. Got um, got arrested and is, um, is, in, is serving is in jail for two years right now 
because wow. they felt like it was a threat. And I don't know where he said it or what they were able to paint it as. Yeah. But I guess because he had said those lyrics in his song, they took, they perceived it as an active threat. And he's in prison currently now for two years. Jesus and 21, Christ. I think I know 21 Savage and a few other rappers are helping him to get out. Oh, 21 Savage has yeah. resurfaced. Is that, uh... You see, even even when he's, even <laughs> when they try him... he's resurfaced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still up in, you know, doing what he can to help people, so... Yeah. You know, regardless of whatever, <laughs> whatever they find out to be true or untrue about him, yeah. um, I still, I always liked him. Like, he's just, he's believable to me, which is why I just feel like... He's everything he said he is, but British. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Um, Sean Oakman. He was found not guilty. Now I'm, I'm not gonna take too long on this. I just wanted to like bring it up for a little bit because he was an ass. Mm-hmm. He, he this is a guy who went viral because a picture of him like uh, he had like his jersey like halfway up and this mm-hmm. guy was like shredded like two percent body fat six foot eight like, like he me. was he was an absolute <laughs> <laughs> he was an absolute beast on the football field had an opportunity to go to the NFL. As a, a top draft pick And then just days before the draft This young lady comes out And accuses him of raping her After Damn. a date And that completely crushed any chance Of any Damn. team taking him And it was only just recently That he was found not guilty On those charges I just have to ask Is this a white woman Who accused him of rape? <laughs> well If you must know Yes it was Interesting <laughs> And you see yes. this is This is why This is why Every time these things come out where I'm just as a woman, as a black woman, you're always like fucking in the middle and you're always torn because, you know, historically that white women do shit like that. Right. And not all white women, but enough of them have done it to where that has been the pretense for so many freaking tragedies in black American history. When a white woman says this this black man did something to her, we have the Central Park Five, we have Emmett Till, just... It's a tale as old as time, so it's just like really fucking frustrating because just for women in general, right? All women, like it's just fucked up when someone lies and messes that opportunity for a victim or survivor to say their piece and actually get a criminal in jail. You like make it that much worse, especially because rape is something that is completely just, um, oftentimes it's completely what did you say versus what did he say? Yeah, and th- and, when, and when you fuck it up like that, it just it's just like throw that person under the jail so what happened to this woman <laughs> what happened to her now as of now mm-hmm. nothing has come out of anything happening to her at all yes yeah, you so, know so it's just so is it that he's not guilty because they couldn't prove it or is it not guilty because she lied you know what i mean because it could be there could be a lot of t- a lot of times like rape cases are not convicted mm-hmm. but it, even with like pretty decent evidence so i'm yeah. cu- i'm curious as to what that is um well they found out he 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 beat the case because the police actually found out that she had um, deleted some text messages between her and and Oakman, mm-hmm. and she deleted text messages between her and her friends. Oh. One of the messages that she deleted from her friends was saying, "Hey, I'm gonna be out with Sean tonight. Don't wait up." Mm-hmm. So she had like she planned to meet up with him, mm-hmm. and we, eyewitnesses say like they were all over each other. There so, were no signs of. So him, she was like, acting like he she 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 had never met him or like what. She just, she just, she didn't act like she, uh, they never met. Okay. She just claimed that like he raped her after the, they went out for mm. a date and then he like raped her after the date. That, mm. That's what was the claim. And it was just mm. like, it was horrible time because it was literally like three days before the draft. And so Damn. obviously something like that happens. No team is going to give you mm-hmm, a, a mm-hmm. million dollar contract. Like mm-hmm. that's just not going to happen. But shout out right. to him, man. He beat the case. Right. 
Well, assuming that, once again, because I still don't know all the details, so my opinion is until I know why he was found not guilty, if it was just on well, a technicality. Let's just celebrate a black man. Uh, get, I mean, if he... If, if, <laughs> you know. Addy, Addy was the one kid... I was like, man, that nigga OJ did that shit. All yeah. everyone was celebrating. <laughs> Basically. You, he was the one kid. I'm like, I'm like, we can't believe in the judicial Wait. system when we want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> every other time is we can't just believe in it when it works for us. Like we exactly. have to actually we have to question it at all times. Yeah, um yeah. Sure. Especially because every like when you like it's not about what who's right. That's not what the courts prove. They just prove who can prove it in court. Right. Um, that's that's, that's what that and that's why so many rich people get off for doing so much like crazy shit. Yeah, that's why Ed Buck is still not in prison for oh raping those young black men. Oh so I just need goodness. to put that out there. Yeah, he's surviving Ed Buck allegedly after <laughs> after uh, Ed Buck is what they should the next documentary mm-hmm. that should come out. But anywho, um, you got a shout out for Zendaya, right? Oh my God, I have a shout out for Zendaya. So. Zen Day Day That's what I call her Day Day No I don't call her anything Because We're not friends yet But (laughs) Yet (laughs) According to Elle Magazine um, So Tommy Hilfiger Just hit her up And was like Yo like I want you to Put on a show And I want us to put A collection together And I want you to have free um, I want you to have free Creative control over What you want that show to be And I'll just support it Wow So very opposite of the rumors against um, Tommy Hilfiger that said he didn't like black people wearing his clothes. So Was that not true? <laughs> that wasn't true. And he never said he's that? He's never said that. And I read all the reports like where he's responded, and I'm like, damn, even his response, he seems mad chill. Like He's like, he's like I never said that. I was never even on Oprah. He's like, I didn't have the chance. He was like, I wasn't lucky enough to be invited to Oprah in 1996. And they said that after he had been accused... After that rumor started, they were like, oh, yeah, he went to Oprah and stood by his statements. And he had never even gone to Oprah until 2007. Wow. I should have so, known when I could never find an interview. Yeah, exactly. That, that but, would have you know, came up like 96 is a long yeah, time ago. But this yeah. footage from stuff that happened in 96. Yeah, you got to search everything. Because, somebody would have dug it up. Mm-hmm. So um, so in, in Zendaya's imagination, she was like, you know what? I want to make a show inspired uh, by women who made it possible for me to be in this position where I am now. And she just kind of wanted to say thank you through the show. And she said, if we do a show, this is what it needs to be about. And Tommy was like, yes. So she casted like 59 black models uh, between age 18 and 70. Um, and so just like people who had like major influence over the fashion industry. So you have icons like Beverly Johnson, Veronica Webb, Beverly Peel. Mm-hmm. And um, Grace Jones did uh, did her thing on the show, too. So it was a very 70s, 80s type of vibe. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was just it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was just like what a wonderful celebration right. of black beauty, of all these iconic models who had to fight so hard to for their version of and for our version and our brand of beauty to be taken seriously and to be put at the front um, and to put to be put on the spotlight. So it was a really just nice, um, nice tribute. And I love when people just honor people who came before them you know yeah. I think that's just the circle of life right absolutely circle Definitely of life gotta pay it forward and, yeah and pay homage to uh, yeah. those who helped you help pave the way for you <laughs> um, our final shot my final shout out goes to uh, Black China. now she, she's been <laughs> catching a lot of flack right because she's always been popping up with these different rappers <laughs> and we're like why is Black China dating a 19 year old rapper dating right. a 21 year old rapper whatever the case is well I read in the article and mm-hmm. I put allegedly in the notes because I don't know how true this is. But in the article, the article stated that Black China pays uh, the labels pay Black China fifty thousand dollars 
So these young rappers, up and coming rappers, can be seen next to her, and different. Wow. And they go out a couple times. They take some uh, pictures, and they notice Black China doesn't post these guys on her page. They always post them on their page, oh. and that's why after like a week or two weeks, they're they're done, they're done and she's on to the next. Soldier Boy just got a record deal. That's what I'm saying. Damn. So my shout out now. Why am I shouting this out? Because if you are going to get jerked around and raped and pimped by the system, <laughs> you might as well be in full control okay. of it. Okay. And if that is true, Black okay. China has found a her niche market. Wow! Wow! <laughs> like the master. Like the it, master finesse. Exactly. If this is true, yeah, that's like genius. Give me like, fifty thousand dollars. I'll go on a little vacation with this kid. Yeah. I won't do any like. I, sure, I, sure. Why not have sex with him? You you got fifty thousand dollars. You were gonna do it for free anyway. So like, why the fuck not? That's like the biggest come up ever. Exactly. Like, from going to like exactly. the strip club, you could be sitting there shaking your ass all night for several dusty niggas. You get fifty thousand dollars. You get flown you know, out. And you to, to get three hundred dollars, and so right, exactly. So so fifty thousand. China, if this is true, certified you, check. Listen, kudos to you. Kudos. Shout out to Black China. Kudos. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. Just hopefully, you know, take care. I guess you got to take care of herself. She's her own investment. That's why exactly. she keep on inflating that ass. And that explains mm-hmm. why that that sex tape that came out was probably a little extra in the bag to do mm-hmm. that. That's why I feel like she, she was gave, in a sex tape. Yeah, well, she was giving some head to. I forget the the guy's name. Was that actually true? It was true. Yeah, it was oh, her. Wow. But the effort given in the video was very lackluster, mm. and people were, were clowning her for not being able to give head. And I now understand why she probably didn't like. She doesn't like these dudes. She's getting. <laughs> she liked the money. First of all, just it just it's just crazy like that. Here we are in 2019. And we're just speaking about this super casually. Like, yeah, you know, she had a sex tape. And I didn't even realize she had it. Like, just major shifts in this world that... Yeah. I just I feel so sorry for the children. Me too. <laughs> All right. Um, Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you to help support our mission. We invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. Remember, all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Now, you ready to take our first break of the show? Yeah. Yes, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our trending topics. Do not go anywhere. Alexis Marie Went coming up in the second hour of Ben Talks. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Coming up right now is Vibes by Johnny Petrop. You're listening to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Party, I'm working. 
working, toasting up to the finish because my mama deserve it. Yeah, I'm far from what's perfect. Like, who am I kidding? All the hoes in the room looking for new beginnings. Hands up if you feel it. Hands up if you ride. Reaching up to the ceiling, reaching up to the sky. See the time working hard in the hands of God. Ain't never got to wishing on a shooting star. Coconut theme song, move your feet and be wrong. Dancing like this, your song. Dancing like the sun gone. So then step your mind gone. Damn, oh my God, my blown. Pedestal that hot throne. She walk on now that fire blown. Floating by like I've been the ocean and I bend it back with that king notion. It's free spoken that wordsmith. Feeling up on perfect. She bit the lip with the lust gazing. Persuasion that prison get out. Rockin' Adidas When cats got robbed for they sneakers My goons were poppin' they heaters See, I was a nervous wreck Poppin' all of these Percocets Yeah, I'm hot with a burning chest No doctors and nurses yet Cause I'm sick with it Plus I'm sure, but I like thick bitches On the road to riches No, this isn't fictitious Making power moves Like I'm Sid Vicious Stackin', stackin', stackin' Yep, I'm talkin' big business Order the recipe I will slaughter my enemies Half man, half a miracle Holy water and Rappers, they speak to me, but I'm trashing them easily I'm too nice with my pain game, a master of frequencies Stay above all these niggas, say what's up to the sensei I turn up on the Tuesday, go fuck on the Wednesday Get thirsty on Thursday, so I sip on some wine With some tacos and liquor, baby, you can't kill my vibe No, 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 you can't kill my vibe No, you can't kill my vibe
There goes our fume. They say B, you should open up. They say B, you shut off too much. I say nah, you just talk too much. I say nah, you just open up. Uh, too much, bitches take me for granted. Too much, or y'all take me for granted. I'm too complex, you just don't read much. I'm a project, you just need to listen much. This crap is the death of me. Loneliness creeps up on me. You don't want this baggage claim, plus I'm chasing fame. I wasn't done changing, baby, come back. <laughs> Things take time, please come back. Don't hang up now. Too late for that, can't lose your love now. Too late for that, don't leave me alone now. Too late for that, I'm alone now. Please pray for that. Uh. There goes our future, that's what this comes to now. I don't trust nobody. There goes our future. That's what this comes to now. I don't trust nobody. They say B, you should open up. They say B, you shut off too much. I say nah, you just talk too much. I say nah, you just open up. Cause when you at your worst, they pull out the hearse. Might as well dig my own hole first. I guess I didn't understand what a break meant. See you later. Suddenly turned to never I know you home, I called your phone Said you at work now Then I saw you in Best Buy You gotta go now That's funny, matter of fact Who that nigga that you with? Is it legit? Is it a fling? Did he hit? Now you see why I don't trust, trust Trust that type of shit that leave you in the dust, dust Never wanted it to end Too late for that I'm alone now Please pray for that There goes our future that's what this comes to now. I don't trust nobody. There goes our future. That's what this comes to now. I don't trust nobody.
that's it. Yeah, that's it. I don't wanna argue. I just want my baby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I don't wanna argue. I just want my baby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yo, we're back here live on Ben Talks with the best in the world, Ben Lewis and Addy, the self-proclaimed baddie. I think I need you to commit to that. It's Addy um, the baddie. Addy the baddie. I'm or a- Addy with the fatty or Addy the bitch you wish you ever hattie. There we go. There you go. Your songwriting skills coming into play right there. Okay, I see you. Yo, uh, it's time for trending topics. Of course, coming up in the second hour, we got Alexis Marie Went, who will be live in studio She's a very accomplished young lady, an act, an actor, yes. actress. Yes, a thespian. She poet. Got, yes, poet. Teacher. There we go. Like me. Well, you know. Well, it's not about you, Addy. It's, oh, God. So, she's so narcissistic. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm making connections. Oh, you are yeah, so rude. Oh, God. I'm, we're working on you. We're trying to make you a better person. <laughs> okay. So, baby okay. steps. Let's see how that goes. All right, man. <laughs> um, to start off our trending topics, we got to start off with... Uh, the hottest topic of the week after Neverland. It's Sunday night and Monday night. Mm. And mm. of course, of course, of course, people are not too happy about it. Yeah. People have flocked to social media to defend angry the child molester that is Michael Jackson. <laughs> because we love his music. And although we don't know him personally, although he did lay in bed with young children that were not of his own, he is innocent. And because he may have manipulated, uses his power, money, and fame to manipulate some small children to Mm -hmm. lie in front of court and say that nothing happened between them, Mm -hmm. it's all a ploy to destroy the black man. That's what this is. Because Michael Jackson is innocent Mm -hmm. because he wanted to to buy Sony Mm -hmm. and he wanted to give artists their masters. Even though we have people out here who are doing the exact same thing as Michael Jackson, like Jay-Z freeing young black boys Mm -hmm. and Jay-Z giving Rihanna her masters and Jay-Z helping artists take more control of their careers, but yet there's no scandal on Mm Jay-Z. However, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Michael mm -hmm, Jackson mm -hmm. is the target 
that they, they want to destroy. <laughs> Even though he's a whole European, I don't know why we're dying on the hill for Michael Jackson. Stop. The you man turned himself into a whole European man from the halt. island of Caucasus. Halt. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> Made it. I've been holding that in for <laughs> the like... longest because it is absolutely ridiculous oh my God. how we will flock and run mm -hmm. and say we have to stick together as mm -hmm. black people because... Even though mm -hmm. he's a pedophile, there are white pedophiles as well, and they're still walking free. Right, and that, yes, there needs to be a documentary about Elvis. Yes, favorite there needs excuse. to be a documentary, and <laughs> there needs to be some justice for Harvey Weinstein mm -hmm. and Billy, well, not Billy Crystal. Uh, yeah, it's, that's it's, always my favorite excuse. Woody Allen, not Billy. Uh, Woody Allen. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, there needs to be some repercussions for that perv too. They right. all need to go. But just because I'm black and Michael Jackson was once black. Does not mean Stop. I'm gonna jump on his bandwagon and say that this is a ploy because they didn't want him to own Sony. Yeah, that's my favorite excuse when they bring up like the white people. Cause it's just like, well, you don't go to like, for example, the shade room to look at white what white people are doing. So you're not ever concerned about what white people are doing until it yes. has to do with holding a black man accountable. So that's a very interesting narrative that you choose to latch on to and even if you choose to latch on to it you'll find that white people are doing what they're supposed to do right now about it now it may be a little bit more under wraps but um but yeah they're, they're doing what they need to do and if you want to join in that effort then maybe go to tmz or go to fox news and figure or out how something. you can support right but you're not you're, you're not entertaining those news sources so you're not you're not really getting the information from uh those sources right. um so fuck that um but yeah with the you see the neverland thing here's one thing i, I mean i i believe he did it but here's my thing. I just wish they didn't come out with a documentary like that. I feel not because I need that much more information to believe it, but the whole point of a documentary, right, is to move audiences, right? Yeah. So if you think about the um, R. Kelly documentary, I mean, wow, three-part series, fucking, you know, that shit was robust, right? Yeah. That shit was yeah. multi-dimensional. And unfortunately, it's not that... I personally need that or require that to believe that shit was off. Yeah. But unfortunately, we do live in a world where that is the case. And so it's just like, if you're going to come for somebody who is really, I mean, Michael Jackson, you got to, you have to come correct, right? Yeah. You have to come correct because then it becomes a battle about whether or not he did it, right? And the point is that you're trying to drive home is that he did do it. Then you didn't actually execute that point. The thing with R. Kelly, of course, there's still a handful of people who still like don't believe R. Kelly, um, believe R. Kelly didn't do it and refuse to believe otherwise. Mm -hmm. But I think that that documentary actually did do a lot to galvanize um, people who were kind of on the fence, um, to galvanize the uh, Chicago PD into action. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like to me, I'm just that's the one missed opportunity there is that I just like if you you okay you had a story, but like. Just tell the, telling the dimensions of the story. I think if you just gave it more time, you could have po possibly have done that. And not to say you still wouldn't have had like backlash. The backlash would have still been there. Um, but I think, I think, I really do think it would have been even more powerful. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And so, with people are going to poke holes in any story, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Unfortunately, especially when it comes to their God. Especially when Michael it comes Jackson. to their God. Especially when it comes to their God. So <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's just like. I just, I just wish it was more developed. I wish they took more time with it so that we wouldn't... People people are talking about canceling Oprah. I'm like, come on. You can cancel Oprah. Uh, there's no Oprah. way you can cancel Oprah. Come like, on now. Like, no. But, well, you Oprah, know... Oprah done got her ass whooped basically. in every movie role. 
to, mm-hmm. to stoop her rich esteemed self down to our level exactly <laughs> like, and people people are sitting there talking about Oprah did this for a check what the fuck Oprah needed a check for Oprah did something for a check get out of here yes Oprah did something for a check yeah, mm-hmm. that is absolutely ridiculous. That's the craziest right. thing I've ever heard. Oprah did something for a check. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Please. Yo. <laughs> a joke. Oh man. But, you know. Now, anyway. I will I will say this. Now, okay. I'm not I'm not uh, believing these guys 100% mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they I mean they they did they, they, they did sound like there was a little bit of jealousy yeah, on their part. There was part. certainly one of the guys who was suspect for sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But do I believe that he sat there and fabricated no. every single thing? No. And the pictures, regardless of him, of them <laughs> exactly. lying, they could lie and say this, that, and third happened. Right. The pictures were pictures evidence. that no man should be taking with any young children that are not their own. And even if that are, is their own, you still look at pictures like that, like, oh, that's a little close. Who would schedule a photo shoot? Because even if you happen to be on the bed with a child, which is, you know, still awful. Why would you think it would be a great idea for like, like you know, let's take a picture here, like let's yeah, let's like, like come on man, let's like sit come down on. here on this here bed in this hotel and like take a picture yeah. with with me, this powerful ass celebrity and you, the small boy. Absolute craziness. Okay. Absolute craziness. All right. Um. Next uh, trending topic, we have uh, white schools have twenty three billion dollars uh more than non white schools. So. Um, yeah, problem. <laughs> and so pretty much uh, overwhelmingly white uh, school districts have uh, received 23 billion uh, more dollars than predominantly non-white school districts. Um, and this was according to a 2016 report. And basically, uh, the, as, as we know, when we think about like what goes into uh, what goes into funding schools is property taxes. And so depending on where you live, right. uh, that that uh, informs the budget for the schools. So. Um, we all know, <laughs> it's no surprise, I'm, I'm I hope to not anybody here, uh, that we live in a very segregated society. What? Um, yeah, and very much so um, because white people don't necessarily want to uh, share their space with black people. And if you think about like middle class white people, upper class white people, they, it's very much so about protecting their wealth. And so they build like these cul-de-sacs, they build these like really close communities that it's very difficult for other people of color to penetrate. Um, unless they unless they maybe want them in there. Right. So yeah. so this often makes it so that the budgets for schools are drastically different. And with that comes different quality of education um, and just a lot of other consequences that um, that result from it. So this is a huge problem. And I was just thinking that when I saw this topic that like when when the. 2020 election perspective candidates are asked like what do you want to do for like black people like what do you what's your like black agenda and they have nothing to say right because this is a very specific issue right this is not an issue about class lines this is a specific issue that non-white people right have far less money in their schools than white people this is an issue that should be addressed so there's a lot of issues in general that are very specific to um, people of color black people specifically um, that really need to be dealt with with specificity mm-hmm. and this is one of them well rest assured that the foreign baddie Kamala Harris will most certainly <laughs> tackle Your this girlfriend. issue because she is all because you'll tell her to she is all knowing you'll tell her you'll tell her you'll tell her to tonight <laughs> <laughs> yes you better leave that man's wife alone yes yes baby when I come home I'm gonna you let better you know. leave that man's I'm gonna let you know alone. I, I got my ear to the streets for you baby you know what I'm saying I'm gonna tell you what it is that the blacks want to hear from you 
so that we can put you in office so that they can see what I've always seen in you. What you saw? From day one. Crazy. My foreign baddie, Kamala Harris. No, but that is that is an, uh, that is way too much of a disparity in, in budget. $23 billion. $23 billion. And the And like the average student in a black or a non-white school will have like $4,500 per student versus in a white school will be $7,000 per student. So almost like almost double, right? So a a huge difference. Definitely want to hear a candidate address that. Me too. That's a, that's, I would love that. That is something major. That's very. That's something very specific. Yeah. That would mean that they were actually doing research on what they could do to help the black community. Right. All right. Now, uh, in terms of someone uh, helping, not themselves, but uh, helping us all convict him, R. Kelly <laughs> decided to sit down with um, Oprah Jr. Gail, Gail King, King and, aka me. And um, he, it was a very telling interview. Um, what did What did you think it revealed? Uh, well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play oh, okay. the clip that everybody's probably heard by now. Um, this is This is R. Kelly breaking down on CBS this morning, talking to Gail Kim. Robert. 30 years of my career. Y'all trying to kill me. You're killing me, man. This is not about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. At this point, we briefly pause the interview to give Kelly a well, yeah, that's t- yeah. There <laughs> well, you go. Tell it's, the kid. People I can't, like you, Ben, don't want to believe the listen, truth. I can't help but <laughs> d- did was I the only one that heard singing in that in those cries? Oh, trapped in the closet. Like, like that man could hold a note 17? even when he's not trying to. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that could he could put a beat under that, mm-hmm. and that could be a, a hit record. Are we sure it has? It doesn't exist already. We should just probably. We should just like play Google it real quick. And then and then uh, an interview that's going to air tomorrow. Two of the victims came mm-hmm. coming out to defend him, saying oh, that yeah. that they oh our parents are doing this for mm-hmm. money. I mean, the girl, the, the girls are like, we didn't even want to sing. I told my mom I was going to kill myself because she wanted me to sing. This was the new narrative. Wow. Literally, the only reason why she wanted to meet R. Kelly was because she wanted a record deal. Manipulation and she's basically sitting there saying like, yeah, you know, I haven't decided what I want to do with my life yet. And they're like, but you know, when, when that time comes, Robert will support. Like, they are well-spoken. They are like... No, learning all of the talking points to defend that man, like they're. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they are. Wow, he's got that's them. Powerful. Listen, he's that's he's, scary. And like the sad part, the sad part here is that like you know, they're of age, right? Like yeah. they're technically of sound judgment. Technically, are supposed to be, but when you get to a young woman at such an age with such a powerful man, like that can change everything, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's no. There's nothing you can really do about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. That's sad. Uh, definitely is sad. Um, so another person who was, who was out here telling stories, uh, Jordan Woods sat down with um, <laughs> with Jada Pinkett Smith on Red Table Talk and, and probably the, one of the most uh, wanted interviews, yeah. you know, as far as like tabloids and, and that kind of stuff goes. And she sat down and really, again, we gave Jada a shout out for using her platform to give Jordan a nice, safe space without being a, attacked. <laughs> And um, she again. So this is the reaction to it. I thought she was holding back a lot of things, and she definitely went there to 
use Tristan's uh, shaky past against him. Yeah. By throwing him completely in front of the bus. I mean, I think he threw himself under the bus. Well, yeah, he's no he's no angel. He's no angel. We know that. But But for sure, she definitely downplayed, I think, her participation. Oh yeah. In definitely. Like I certainly and I don't think anyone believes that she was necessarily the aggressor. I don't think that was ever the question. I think the question is about (laughs) how do you conduct yourself around somebody? Out of yeah. respect for somebody who you claim to be a friend or a family member or whatever, right? And so that's the question, which she, to some degree, addressed by saying, I shouldn't have even gone to the party. Right, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely should not have gone there's, there's plenty of to houses Tristan's in, party. Yeah, there's plenty of houses in L.A. you could have went to. Like, and talk to, and be talking to, be seen talking to Tristan And sitting on the, the arm of the chair that he was sitting on oh. and having your legs dangling over And Kylie wasn't his. there. And yeah, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. It's, it's just like, it was a poor The self-made decision. billionaire that is Kylie. <laughs> poor decision. <laughs> but she's also 21 and yes. she's a black queen, so we gonna stand for her. <laughs> yes, I don't think. Regardless. Yeah. Irregardless. So pretty much, um... Nah, we're not we're not with the bullshit of the Kardashians trying to act holier than thou. Yeah, yes, and act exactly. as if they haven't built their entire career mm-hmm. off of um, stealing people's swiping, men, no swiping, off of um, being just deceitful young ladies. Yeah, and so for them to you know come come from that moral standpoint, I think was crazy. Yeah, like you know what I mean, like. How because di- they 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 think their morality is based in like oh we're, we're, we were friends or like we we were like family but yeah. you've done this to people you consider friends and family because right, exactly. you just think you're better than black women you really think that you really thought that you know you had like a pussy made of gold and that shit wouldn't happen to you and that's really where you had you that's where you got your found yourself fucked up and that's why. I'm still, even though I don't agree with anything Jordan did, I'm still yeah. stand by Jordan. I think she, I still think she was telling the whole Jesse Smollett lie. But like <laughs> I said, everybody I think, was sick of the Kardashian shit. Yeah, so she go, was just missing some Jordan. details. Yeah, it was, she was, was missing it. a lot of details. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Wendy Williams is back at work. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me tell you about this Wendy girl. So basically, according to People Magazine. Basically, Wendy's lies that I mean, her story is that she was uh, supposed to be only off for two weeks during the Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. but then she started feeling her thyroid issues, and then they were like, she was like, they were adjusting my meds, and then she was like, yeah, I'm the kind of patient if I cough, I think I'm dying, and I can't tell you how many doctors I have. Mm-hmm. They pushed me in there, I got the MRIs, the CAT scans, you know, I'm 54, and not for nothing, even though I, you know, you feel 25, you know. So, you know, that's how she speaks, right? So then, yes. then she goes, then later on in the, uh, during her show, she goes, I want to shout out my husband. Oh, no. I'm still wearing my ring. Uh, believe me, you, when you've been with somebody for 28 years, I'm married for 25 years. We know each other. He's my best friend. He's my lover. I know what you've been seeing, but hunty, let me show you who I fell in love with. Then she proceeds with some slides, um, pictures of them from when they were younger. And then she goes, um, then she goes, I'm still very much in love with my husband. We go through ebbs and flows as every marriage does. Um, but you know, uh, don't ask me about mine until my ring is gone. Until so basically, until you see this gone. That's and that's her like story. And she is sticking the fuck to it. Absolutely. She is sticking to the tale as old as time of these older black women defending their trash ass men oh. by showing their ring oh, or saying that he's married me. Meanwhile, back at the fucking ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the fucking ranch has several <laughs> children from several different women I allegedly mean. 
Yeah. Allegedly, he ha- he's fathered now two children out of his marriage. Oh, no. So Rick babies? This is what people are saying. So I'm just like, if there's a smoking gun, it, even if it's not quite that, something is happening where you're not revealing it, yet you're, you make a living off of calling everybody out. Yeah. So ooh, explain to me how you can do the two. So gotta I got to... stuff out there. Yeah, I almost put Maybe. her and blow the whistle, because, and I'm going to blow it a little bit on her, a lot on her, because... You can't you can't have it both ways. You have to cut. You have to be honest. That's part of this this work, right? This is part of this work. You have to yeah, be honest about um, if you're going to come for people's lives. You have to come correct and within within your own life. You have to be honest about your shit. Absolutely. Well, like Charlamagne said, Kevin, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, is a horrible person, and we hope Wendy wakes up before she doesn't wake up. Mm. Because the the evidence and the the the, mm. the firsthand accounts of some of the things that people saw and people heard. Just too telling And mm-hmm. I mean She had to come out And give that story Because Quite frankly If she didn't She probably would've Got her ass Or right. else <laughs> Or you else know, So he's probably like Listen you gotta go out there And, mm-hmm. and clean kill this these rumors. shit up Yeah clean this shit up I don't got time Yeah Ah uh, you know We have time cheaper for Cheaper to keep him <laughs> yeah, she keep <laughs> you know we do have time for what we got time another break for? because alexis marie went is live Ew. she is here in the building and she is going to be on with us right here on ben talks you are listening to Ben Talks on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, Ben Lewis, Addy the Baddie. Hey. You like that sounding convincing, right? Yeah, that, I, I believe yeah, yeah, that. You yeah, starting yeah, to own yeah, it. He's starting, you see? There you go. I'm a, I'm a good guy. That's my best part. friend. That's I'm my best well, friend. Let's, let's my... relax on that. Let's relax on that. All right, so <laughs> coming up right now me. is Keys Van Gogh with Night right here on Ben Talks. We'll be right back. Ask 
the scene, catch me with my team, yeah. Rolling out some green, we don't fuck with lean, yeah. Cup of Tennessee to clear my memory, yeah. From the imagery when you left on me, yeah. Everywhere I go, you know I keep one road, you know I keep one bold, you know my flow, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here live on Ben Talks on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, Ben Lewis, Addy the Baddie. Okay, good. Yes, now you're saying been, it correctly. I've been practicing. He's, I've been he practicing. don't, don't want to own it. It's well, true, though. It's, it's true. a little hard for me to say. Look. I can't say things. That, <laughs> you know, I, I can't say things that, uh, you know, I didn't come up with myself. Get out of here. You can't give yourself a nickname. Yes, I can. I just yeah. did. So. I told you the best in the world was bestowed upon me. You know, <laughs> we're not, I was we're not, not there. We're not going to get into the story. We're not going to get into the story okay. because we have a very special guest in the building. Yes, we do. Alexis Marie Wint. Hello, hello. Yes. Oh, uh, man. Teacher. Yes. Actress. Yes. Poet. Yes. Based in Brooklyn, yeah. right? Uh, recently featured in uh, Premature, which is a film by Rashad Ernesto Green and Zora Howard, mm-hmm. which was ju- just uh, premiered at Sundance, right? Yes. Okay, and which centers the story of a uh, blossoming young uh, young love story of Ayana, played by writer Zora Howard, and Isaiah, a handsome, mysterious outsider against the backdrop of gentrifying Harlem. Yeah. And Alexis's character plays Tanita. Zora's BFF, which according to IndieWire, I saw, was noted as an incredible performance. Oh, did they say that? They did. <laughs> you know, they really singled your name out. out of like, And I was like, yes. Wow, yes, thank you. sis. Yeah. So I'm so happy to have you here. Like, we're very excited uh, for, to have you here. And I just want to actually start with a clip from... Um, from the movie I was just doing some research and you know I, I haven't seen the movie yet so I just was reading and watching everything that I could Yeah. Um, so I found this clip on YouTube that somebody put together and I thought it was a really interesting place to start so um, Ben you can run that let's do it Oh, well, we just gonna wait for everything to load up oh. here. <laughs> okay alright we gonna All do right. it after we gonna do that well you know <laughs> We'll just do the loading dance. Yeah, yeah. You hey. know, you know te- technology these days. <laughs> um, but I do want to welcome you to the program. Uh, Thank you so much for having you know, me. Um, I know Addy just kind of took over and didn't even let me talk. Yeah. Um, I am here. You know. We know. Yeah. 
You could have, it could have been a lot. Oh, look at that! Computers okay. uh, going crazy. All right, so um, so let's could, uh, just. Oh wait, wait, wait! We have some life. We have <laughs> okay, some life. Okay, there okay. we go. What I'm trying to say is, y'all don't know what black men go through. Hey, Nigga, what are you talking about? Do you hear yourself right now? Okay, chill. He ain't mean it like that. How do you mean it, Yanni? What? So you think you got it harder or something? You don't think we get it too? We get it worse. We get killed just like you. It ain't the same. Nigga, ask your mama if it ain't the uh, same. What? No, ask baby. your grandmama, your what? sister, ask any black woman who got to stand and listen to your bullshit. Your sister, ask your grandmama, though. You so blind. Who you think keep your back straight, nigga? You think that shit happens like magic? It don't. We pray for your black ass. Walking around talking about it ain't the same. I'm not the fucking one. Right, fine, fine. It's all the same. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to hear, right? I'm out, yo. Bye. Bye. All right, so... I pulled this scene, this clip clip from YouTube, which I thought was really dope. And it was just an interesting introduction to the dynamic between um, Ayana, her friends, Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend. And it just brought about a theme um, that, you know, I think is kind of common right now um, as far as, yeah, we have a lot of black men going through crazy things, police officers, and just in the general world. And I think... um, a lot of times that's kind of put at odds with or in opposition with like what black women go through. So I just kind of want to know what your thoughts are on that piece there. Well, um, the thing is, Tanita in the scene, she's very much on the side of Shantae, who's the female voice that you're hearing, who's the Mm -hmm. one saying like, nigga, who who you think keeps your back straight? Mm -hmm. And so I'm 50-50 with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I completely agree uh, with Shantae's assessment of it in the the way that... uh, Oftentimes, black women are often overlooked and we're erased and we often make ourselves smaller or silence ourselves in order to support and be there for our black men, our black counterparts, Mm -hmm. whether that's like in a romantic sense or our brothers or people we don't even know. Right. Right. From anywhere. Uh, So I I definitely, definitely agree with Shantae's take in that respect in terms of like black women are being overlooked and disregarded. The part that I don't agree with is where she begins, which is the apathy. Mm-hmm. She begins with, well, mm-hmm. you ain't know the nigga, right? And if you really think about the context, um, you'll hear a little bit more when the film comes out. The the person he's talking about, um, in my mind, I mean, it's, it's fiction, but in my mind, uh, to me, ooh, the name is slipping me. And I think that's like evidence of how much we have to deal with the fact that I'm yeah. like, which one of these black boys died? Which name is it? But um, Akai Gurley, mm-hmm. right? When he's walking down mm-hmm. his apartment building. Mm-hmm. And so Shantae's response is like, well, you ain't know the nigga. So she's like, say a prayer and move yeah. on. So I completely disagree with the apathy because every time I hear that somebody's hurt, especially a black person, mm-hmm. a black man, I I feel it deep inside. So I don't have that apathetic reaction, but I do have the like, well, what about us kind of right. feeling that she expresses towards the end. For sure. For sure. And yeah, so I mean, I appreciate you to um, shedding light on that. And I know that this is a topic that we talked about a lot. We talk about a lot in society, in our mm-hmm. community. And as we try to bridge a gap between like uh, the experiences that we have, experiences that black men have. Um, so thank you for shedding light on that. Um, but I just want to like kind of refocus back on you. Um, and just I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you how did you end up in this film? Oh, girl, that's a crazy story. Um, it was faded. Yeah. It was meant to be. Um, it was definitely that. But uh so I come to acting fr- through and from spoken word poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used I used to watch all of your like I was <laughs> I was young and I used to write I used to do urban word too. Yes, but yes. I used to like watch all of your stuff and you always like connected to me emotionally. So thank you, I appreciate I that. Just and it's, it's that great 
that you bring up Urban Word because really that's like the fulcrum of everything where mm-hmm. kind of everything kind of started and spiraled from there. So I started with Urban Word NYC when I was 13, which is a program that offers uh, free poetry. And now they've even expanded to like music and mm-hmm. emceeing programming for youths age 13 to 19. And um, while I was in that program, I met an amazing woman, Zora Howard, who like we were always constantly in competition, but we're great and amazing friends. And um, I am an educator. I teach seventh grade humanities, um, English social studies. I also teach Black Student Union, the Puzzle Club. I, I wear <laughs> many hats. But um, as an educator, I rarely find time to indulge in my art. So I noticed that the deeper that I got into becoming an educator, the farther I got away from my own creativity. Yeah. And so one day Zora called me up and she's like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, immediately in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's a show. I'm going to get up. I'm going to perform a poem. Fine. Um, but it turned out it was a table reading for the film. And so I got this, the script the day before I I went in for the table read, did it, and um, I did read for Tanita in the table reading, and the reaction was amazing for the whole cast. They were like, oh, you guys must have rehearsed for so long. And I'm like, we got this script last night. Um, so the table read went really well, and the chemistry between um, most of the cast who, who was there for the table reading, they ended up inviting us back to audition. So I went through a few rounds of auditions, and, you know, I became Tanita. <laughs> So. <laughs> nice, nice. And so, like, how would you, how would you, like, are you, like, like Tanita in real life? Or, like, what, how would oh, you describe? Oh, in so many ways. But yeah. in so many ways, not like Tanita. Okay. I mean, I think the, the common thread is just being New York girls. Like, yes. born and bred yes. New Yorkers. Like, she's a Harlemite, but I think I bring a little bit of the Brooklyn mm-hmm. flavor. Um, because I am definitely a Flatbush girl through and through. So, I definitely, um, I definitely relate to Tanita in that way. Just being a through and through New Yorker. She's strong. She's opinionated. She's She's funny. I'm deaf. I like to think I make people laugh. Um, so all that. Uh, the ways that I think I diverge from Tanita is I think that I um, I'm a very, very sensitive and emotional person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that she's very much that outwardly. Yeah. She's, you know, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see that. She has the last word a lot of the times. Um, I might think the last word in my head, but I'm not sure that I get it. So right. um, I think I just have a, a gentler approach than Tanita. She's very, very blunt. I yes. like to soften things. Yeah, I was um, just reading a little bit about the um, the movie and I saw that um, like the stories about this young girl, Ayana, who finds herself in, in love with this man who's much older than her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're in this they have this like love story where she's basically kind of like changing herself to kind of be what he wants her to be and kind of losing herself in the relationship. And I was just curious to see if you if you ever had that experience, have you ever been like in a relationship? At a young age where you like kind of lost yourself and like, was there anything that you could really identify with this story? Oh, so many parts of the story. So many parts of it. Um, I think the timing is really important to the story because this is the summer before she leaves for college. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely had that experience. I actually um, left for college a year early uh, and I had a relationship that was going on that that put a lot of strain on. And there were a lot of mm-hmm. questions about like, well, where are you going? What are you going to do? And he also happened to be an older man at the time. Yeah. So um, definitely in that way, I think the timing of the story really um, speaks to experiences that I've had but then also just learning and growing what it means to love Um, they did a series of interviews after the film where we had to talk about our first love and it was such like it was a revelatory experience because I thought I 
had lived it and known everything I needed to know about it and then just going back and talking it through with other people it's just like dang we, yeah. started, <laughs> we started being like dang you know I thought I knew everything I thought I knew exactly what I wanted and there are some times especially when there's an age difference in a relationship where as the younger person you don't understand some of the decisions that are being made mm-hmm. for you within mm-hmm. the context of that relationship Yes, and it's only when you're older and you can look back like dang that makes so much sense I get exactly why my partner responded in this way or maybe tried to slow things down in that way mm-hmm. or so perspective definitely shifts For with sure. time and so I think you see that a lot with Ayana because the film we are with her gaze the entire time and I think mm-hmm. that's what makes it so powerful and also um I often refer to it as like a feminist manifesto because like, yes, the story is a love story and it's about it's about a relationship. But we stick with Ayana through the whole film. It's mm-hmm. all through her lens. And so to see the way that she's receiving and the way that she's giving out and the way that she changes and develops, I think is just it's, it's really amazing. And it's something that I think uh, I related to. And I, when we were at Sundance, I felt like audience members related to through the Q&A. They, you know, sort of express the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask because I know you, you say you're you're an educator yes. as well, and I know how much uh, time consuming that could be. Was there ever a moment uh, in your career as an educator where you kind of neglected some Ooh, of the things? Ooh, you're that trying you to get me in trouble. Whoever's listening, if you work for the DOE, close your ears. Exactly. You're acting right now. You're acting. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, uh, It was a lot to balance. But um, I thank God for the timing because I ended up at a school with a really supportive administration at the same Mm. time that I started this project. And Mm. so um, the way that my school administration is, they like love us as teachers, but they also love and invest in us as people. Oh, that's And they love for our students to see examples of what it is to be a full person because I remember Mm -hmm. like seeing a teacher outside on the street and being like oh why are they on the street what's going on there right but it shouldn't be strange for you to see teachers like in a human light Mm -hmm. and so in addition to doing the movie I actually came back to the school and every morning we have a 10 minute meeting with the entire school where any member of the community can present on something and I actually did a presentation about my experience um, on the film because it was my first time being on film I have Mm -hmm. stage experience definitely um, acting experience on stage through spoken word or um theater but I had never done film and so I came back to the school and I actually gave a presentation I didn't have to like lie and be like I'm sick so there were days that I had to like you know leave school early or miss complete days but um I worked it out with my administration because they believed in me as an artist and they believed that um that's a great example for kids to see that you can be a full human being and indulge in both um your career path and your passion and sometimes they intersect that's yeah, awesome. You ever find a moment while you're on set and you're like, damn, I miss those kids and those crazy <laughs> kids in my um, I miss their energy. <laughs> she teaches um, middle school. Leave her alone because it's, it's, it's a, a battle. It's a lot. But there were definitely times where I was on set and I was sending them like little videos of myself like, hey, kids, mm-hmm. I know you can do it today because I do understand that like children need and deserve consistency. Yeah, and sure. so the other good thing about it is that we filmed it in September. So there were like a lot of days already off calendar for the mm-hmm. kids because of holidays. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't miss that many days. But I do. I never wanted to drop the ball on that side because I was chasing my own dream. Right. So. Right. Um. It was a lot of sending videos and making yeah. sure that my subs were set up. I made sure that we had one sub the entire time so that they did have at least that consistently. It wasn't yeah. like there was a new teacher rotating in every time. So mm-hmm. I, I think I did all right. I don't think I scarred <laughs> I'm sure them you at did, all. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. Um. So what parts of like? Because I I used to watch your poetry and mm-hmm. I loved your poetry. Like I remember back then. I love like you. I love like. Be young. Tell, tell it don't. Age, tell it don't age you like that. Look, back then, because I'm back then. Back then, too. when I watched the poetry, like come on. I, no, now. I was in high school. Let it be known 
that I was a young poet on she stage was a young, back then. I was 13, 14, so. There, there we go, there you know? we go. And I was sitting in my room writing poems like, damn, that shit sound mad good. She's really vulnerable <laughs> and really giving me emotion. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember that being a very uh, distinct uh, thing that I saw about you, which is why I really, like, latched onto you as a poet growing up was that like you really put me in a place that like even if I didn't have that specific experience it was just like wow I feel like I'm there yeah and you know and so I'm curious like what maybe some of the uh lessons and strategies you learned from like spoken word carried over to what you've been able to do with your acting there was some carryover but I was actually surprised at how little carryover ah, there was okay. um especially when it comes to film because mm-hmm. the stage is all about making things big right mm-hmm. um it, it, I would never do sorry it's radio they can't see me but <laughs> I, all there's, the actors have camera to, in the room. Yeah. Oh, ooh, I, can't. <laughs> I would never do something like this on stage. I'd have to make it really big so that the person at the farthest corner can see what's going on. Yeah. And on film, it's really about the minutia. It's like about how, it's like where your eyes are looking, how your face is moving. So that definitely didn't carry over. And I'm mm-hmm. a big personality already. It, it worked because Tanita's also a big personality. But, right. You know, that didn't translate over. Um, the other thing is when I perform spoken word, it's my story. I'm writing the words. I'm figuring out what the cadence is. I'm adding the punctuation. It's all on me. When you get a script, you're interpreting somebody else's vision, Mm -hmm. which was great because Rashad and Zora had such a beautiful vision and one that was grounded in like a reality that I know, which is life in New York and growing up as a young black girl. Um, So that was the hard part is that I, I was bringing up emotions and having to draw on my story, but I wasn't in the moment of telling my story. Yeah. Whereas when I'm on stage doing my poem, that's my moment I'm telling my story. In front of the camera, it's like, okay, this is Tanita's story, but I have to dig into my history mm-hmm. to pull out whatever this emotion is. Yeah. So there was actually very little carryover with the exception of like just being confident and like not like being ready to take critique and go 100%, mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. I know poetry can put you in a very vulnerable state. Like, um, so was it? Did you have any difficulty getting on stage at first, or was it something that you were always comfortable? Oh, with, with poetry, no. Um, I, give me all the attention, positive, positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the negative attention, but I, I, I love it. I, I was performing for my family members and my teddy bears and whatever else before I knew spoken word was a thing. I didn't mm. know it was a discipline, like an art form. I was just writing poems, memorizing them, and spitting them to my family members. Mm. And then I saw Russell Simmons. Deaf Poetry Jam and I was like oh sh- I don't know if I can curse oh shoot um, <laughs> you can curse <laughs> oh, oh shit mm, yeah. um, <laughs> people are doing this and so then that's when I found Urban Word and yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah so um, yeah I was you said something earlier and just to talk to touch on Ayana's character mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of her character was that she kind of lost herself in this relationship that she found herself in um, to where she um, you know to where she was doing things and saying things that weren't necessarily her her natural voice and I think that I just kind of want to touch on this theme of just like black women being that in within our community right mm-hmm. like being that that person who can we're basically socialized to please black men that's mm-hmm. basically what we're socialized to do I feel to keep, to, well, to, keep it all, to keep to yeah to keep it real right mm-hmm. so we're socialized to, to please men and um well, I, and, I feel attacked I mean, <laughs> to, you know. and um and so just in light of like current events right so we mm-hmm. have like we see R. Kelly in the media right now, um, finally getting his day, mm-hmm. his, just, his just day in court. And we see um, we see Michael Jackson, a documentary coming up. And so I just want I want I want you to tell me uh, what do you how, how do you think this um, this the way that we're kind of brought up to and socialized to please men affects the way that we deal with understanding and our sensitivity around like cases like R. Kelly, cases like Michael Ooh, Jackson. Lord, that, you- Girl, that question is loaded. It is. Um, it is. 
I want to first start by saying I think that I've read a lot of the reviews and um, they have echoed this idea of like Ayana being lost in this mm. relationship. But I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel that. And okay. That's, that's mm. not how I received it. I think okay, that, good. Because then tell me. Because I wish I wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, no, girl, you will get to see it. Yes, um, I want to see it. I feel like Ayana has a lot of agency, and mm. I think what the movie does really beautifully is it shows you the way that even in her agency, which is going to come up in a moment, mm-hmm. remind me of that word, agency, right? Even in her agency, there are moments where she still ends up hurt, where she still ends up making mistakes, uh, doing things that don't necessarily benefit her or make her feel good. Um, but she has agency okay. and she does stand her ground and make decisions for herself. Is she immune to this socialization that we're talking about, how we're socialized to like make ourselves smaller and like be there? No, she's not immune to that. Um, she very much is that. And I think we see that in different ways in, in the way that Tanita, like what you don't see in the clip is that Tanita is actually taking care of um, her sister's daughter. And like, that's something that mm. she has to go through. And so like in the background, there's this context of like the relationship that her sister has with whatever man she's away with while she's leaving her child there. Mm. So there's, there's many, many layers and many ways to explore it, especially once you get to see a little bit more of the film. But how this relates to um, today's conversation, I think um, the dynamic between Ayana and Isaiah, who is the older man, um, and this conversation of agency can also be linked to the conversations concerning these sexual allegations with R. Kelly and Michael Jackson in the way that specifically with R. Kelly, I'm going to speak more about that. A lot of the feedback that I've heard from people has been like, well, these girls knew what they were doing. They wanted it. They put themselves in these positions. And so in that same way, these girls had some kind of agency. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to keep it real. I remember being 14 and 15 and like wanting an older man and like making sure he knew that I wanted him and trying to maneuver my way into Mm -hmm. that type of relationship. And it worked sometimes and sometimes it didn't. And I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, I want to go find those men that didn't work with and be like, you know what? You held it down when Seriously. I was 14. And you ain't, you know, yeah. sold to my Especially when you're guys. like educated and, and, and mature, you think that mm-hmm. that's the way to go, right? Right. And so I always thought, well, I'm mature. I might be this age, yeah. but I know that I'm ready for this, right? And like I said, perspective. Now that I am as old as I am and I'm looking at my 13-year-olds, my 14-year-olds, my 12-year-olds, even my 11-year-olds, and they're walking... I'm that teacher in the building, you know? That teacher that knows everything and maybe I know too much and sometimes I don't want to know. Right. So the kids come to me with their like, oh, I'm talking to this guy and I was talking to this high schooler. And so it hasn't changed from when I was a child. And I would also say that these... My children now, my girls, they're also exhibiting agency. They're telling me these are things that they want. But you also have to think about... Even if in that moment a child is mm-hmm. doing what they want to do as the adult person, yes. it is your yeah. responsibility mm-hmm. to say no, to say this isn't right. And I remember having a conversation with one guy and I was just crying because he was like, we kissed, but he was like, I can't go any further with this. You're 13. This is weird. And I think he was like 19 at the time. Uh-huh. And I remember, th- like, I have diary entries being so hurt about it. Like, I, how could he be ready to kiss me? But he's not ready to be with me. And like, just craziness looking at it as an adult, you know? Yeah. So I, I commend him and I, I, I want to find him and thank him. I mean, it's weird because you shouldn't have to thank somebody for being a decent human being yeah. and like not being a pedophile. 
But in the <laughs> landscape of yeah. today, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that's something that needs to be like, oh, good on you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because again, even when children are exhibiting like taking advantage of their agency, the decisions that they can make, that doesn't mean that they're informed decisions. And mm-hmm. let us not forget that there's a part of their brain that doesn't fully develop. So you're 21. For sure. It's like the frontal something or another. I yeah. teach humanities, mm-hmm. not science. Um, <laughs> so it, that's, that joint is not developed. Not, you are not ready to make certain decisions. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, it's complicated. But what it I is. know for sure is that it is a hundred percent always the responsibility of the adult to make the right decision when you're interacting with the child whether that be sexually or anything else am I gonna let a child like jump off of a building no No. No. because I'm the adult because he said he wanted to right right he wanted it he wanted to jump off (laughs) that building but he was fast (laughs) yeah he ran fast right does that mean like get out of here come on Um, no great points and I just was I'm just wondering like to what degree do you think the media has responsibility in terms of how they package these young women, especially. And there's a lot less of the packaging these days because um, social media has kind of been become its own force. So you don't need, like, the power of, like, those labels to brand you. Because I'm thinking, like, back when I was younger. But also we're branding ourselves. We're so. branding ourselves and <laughs> modeling Instagram off all of that, that yeah. kind of, like, structure. Like, I remember growing up seeing, like, Britney Spears. And, like, she, I was, like, what, eight? And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And she's oh, yeah. 16 and basically dressed like not a 16-year-old. You wanted the Christina Aguilera genie top. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, and so like all of that, tra- this idea of like this is the idea of what is an attractive woman for everybody, mm-hmm. um, no matter what age that is, right? And so I'm curious, like, what do you, to what degree do you think the media is like plays a role or is responsible for any of this? Um, when for me, it's like the media. Uh, it's like the people who have control of the media or just like media in general, because mm-hmm. Instagram, somebody posting their own picture mm-hmm. is media. Yeah, um, so when I days, yeah. when I jumped your question to say that, I I, I I mean to say that, like, yes, the media is controlling these images, but mm-hmm. like we as people are accepting and, and, and reflecting these images, which is perpetuating this mm-hmm. cycle. Um, and then there's a part of me that's just like. When we're talking about these images, what are we talking about? Mostly we're talking about like being scantily clad, right? Let's keep it real. Being scantily clad, mainly being scantily clad. Mm. And then, so like part of me is like, you should have uh, the agency to dress however you want to dress. Mm. And like, for example, one thing at my school, my school is very, very hippy dippy. Let your freak flag fly like you be you. And so one thing that shocked me when I came from uh, a school where it was like uniforms, you can't even put your hood up in class is my kids get to eat in class they get to dress how they want they can come to school in their belly top like Mm -hmm. they can do what they want because the emphasis for my children and where I'm teaching in Kensington Brooklyn is about um, creating independent critical and free thinkers Mm -hmm. right whereas in my previous school I feel like it was more about compliance right and so when I see that in action and it results in somebody being scantily clad it doesn't feel so bad because I know what's behind that it's Mm -hmm. like a child or a person even because even I get to dress a little more loosely at work I wear my jeans when I want to and I'm like because this is my decision and this is my body and this is how I want to move in this space and so that's something that I think um, those kids are learning very early on and that's because of a very specific messaging that they're getting so I'm, I'm not so turned off by like being scantily clad putting on makeup as I'm turned off by that not being coupled with this idea of it's your choice if that's what you want to do and how you want to exist in this world Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so yeah I was gonna I was gonna ask so like as far as uh, the movie goes like when is that uh, set to be released and 
Uh, when can we when can we expect that and where? Where can I see it? I want to yeah. see it. Questions, questions <laughs> that I will bring the answer to you. Um, so we did premiere at Sundance and we um had I think four showings out there. We do have international distribution. As far as I know, um, we don't yet have national distribution. Mm. Uh, so go watch the clip and <laughs> buy it. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly when, but okay. As soon as I know, you will know. You got a, you got yes. a little bootleg link you just sent me under Seriously? the table. You're not gonna oh, ask no. me that on camera. <laughs> If you wanted it, you would have turned the camera. No, 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 nobody's listening. It's all right. Ah. <laughs> little Lin, you don't got a little DVD or something in your purse? Nothing. I, mean, I got the clip. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I got the clip. I got the reviews. Uh, people come um, so. to my show with no gifts for me. That's crazy. That's I just crazy. continue to commune <laughs> with the universe. So I know that it's going to end up where it needs to be because I really do think that it's going to start some conversations. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue some conversations, and um, most importantly, uh, black girls are going to look at this and be like, "That is me. Yeah, I feel this. I identify with this, and that's mm-hmm. important." And it seems like art keeps on finding you, right? Is that's what, and it seems like you're really living in your purpose. So I just like kudos oh, to that. Thank you so much. You know, yes, we just yes. want, we really wanted, and this part of this like month, we really wanted to invite women to the radio show. It's my idea. No, it wasn't. Um, but <laughs> no, thank you for that. And if I could my, um, leave the listeners with anything, I think it's that idea that like I did feel like, dang, I don't know what to do with myself. I yeah. am just a teacher. I am nothing else because I was once this, this yeah, such and such and such and yeah. such. And so many friends that I have who were artistic growing up now mm-hmm. feel like if I'm not making money off my art, if everybody yeah. doesn't know who I am, my art is nothing or I am nothing. And I say that as being a part and inside of that experience. And um, I did not even know that things were working for my good when they were because mm. um, in addition to Zora calling me the reason why she called is because I, I decided to get out my bed one day and I was like you know what I'm going to go to this Urban Word Benefit because I had been I had been so ashamed of not writing any poetry and not performing I did not want to be around other artists because I knew the question would be what are you working on mm-hmm. where can I see you next and I didn't want to have to answer that question yeah. but I made the decision to get out of my bed one day and I said I'll take the questions and it was that day that we all went out to eat afterwards and Rashad who directed and wrote that's how we got to just hang around one another and it was just my being my regular loud crazy self (laughs) which made him think maybe she could be Tanita and so they had that conversation and then Zora called me so one it's just like don't give up keep pushing with your art no matter if it's one sentence or it's a novel just keep going and like eventually things will click and then Mm -hmm. make time for the things that you want to make time for yeah, absolutely. We want to thank you for coming through. Right, thank this you was an so absolutely much. Great. great conversation. Premature. Yes, go get the, the clips on YouTube. <laughs> right, look we at the clip. Want to know what's Post next? Post about it. Say I want to see the film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what's next? For Harass you? the people. Um, what's, what's next for yeah, me? Yeah, what can we expect? So, like I told you, this was my first time acting on film, and I, it, I the bug bit me, and I absolutely uh, love it. So I want yes. to just keep going with that. I do have management now, and I'm auditioning currently, and I'm actually working on my own screenplay because I'm like. Yes. I already have such a great example of what it means to bring your idea to fruition. And, and you're can, a writer. And I can see the <laughs> gaps and I'm like, here's a story that needs to be told. So I'm well, ready to tell it. Well, That's, I'm looking actors, forward. I was, I was potato number two in my school. <laughs> tells. I think I can move you up. Okay. Potato number one. Well, I, I played Lord Hill in my second grade play. Ooh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got roles coming for you. I got all roles. Right, all right. Thank I'm going to hold you to that. Then. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much for coming. Alexis Marie Went. You're listening to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be right back coming up right now is slipping by convo right here on radio free brooklyn oh 
I'm on a mission. I'm falling, I'm tripping. Big part of living, involving forgiveness. Hard to the trenches. I call, but this, my Lord, just listen. I'm falling, I'm slipping. I'm on a mission. I'm falling, I'm tripping. Big part of living, involving forgiveness. Hard to the trenches. I call, but this, my Lord, just listen. I'm falling. 1988, it was the 8th of July My father had already dipped, I was a waste of his time I used to ponder as a kid, put your face to the snide Suicidal wage of nine, blow your brains in the sky That way you can fly, the gun was my brother's Kept it under his covers, back room in the crib To hide the shit from my mother It wasn't none of my business, it wasn't for me Was young and I was nosy, but that's another story Growing up we had problems, my mama showed favoritism So he left me, all I ever did was dream of hanging with him Look in those eyes, when he walk he bring danger with a mama kicked him out at 13 like streets babysit him what was i to think maybe i was next didn't know my real father so no child support checks coming in on my behalf sat back and did the math great student but shit was getting real i'm ditching class my grip is slipping fast a life i couldn't grab show me love was that too much for a kid to ask happy go lucky turn sad tried his best to laugh binoculars in front of me but focused on the past i'm cursing something having crazy thoughts of hurting something escalating up to crazy thoughts of murder Something I can't be sure. I'm hurting to the core. Rebirth me to the earth. I can't take this anymore. I'm gone. I'm on a mission. I'm falling. I'm tripping. Big part of living. Involving forgiveness. Hard to the trenches. I call, but this, my Lord, just listen. I'm falling. I'm slipping. I'm on a mission. I'm falling. I'm tripping. Big part of living. Involving forgiveness. Hard to the trenches. I call, but this, my Lord, just listen. I'm falling. I'm slipping. Making a song like this, it wasn't hard to write Two years ago gave you the intro to all my life Still with the woman that I call my wife Don't try to wrong my rights An umpire couldn't call my strike People be slow to the facts But be speeding the judge Don't know that anger and hate could be defeated with love Homie is broken inside, but you perceive he's a thug That boy you said had a screwed face, just needed a hug And for my son, be yourself, not a follower If people leave, you don't allow your heart to grow hollower Showing love is a blessing and everybody ain't able to Understand your story, everyone ain't relatable Life told in the album, hoping one day you play it through History repeats itself, but they gon' act like a fake is new But live your small, spread your wings, this all Rebirth me to the earth, you'll be great, son, I'm sure I'm on a mission, I'm falling, I'm tripping Big part of living, involving forgiveness Hard to the trenches, I call, but this My Lord, just listen, I'm falling, I'm slipping I'm on a mission, I'm falling, I'm tripping Big part of living, involving forgiveness to the trenches, I call with this, my lord, just listen, fall, slip.
Yes, we are back here live on Ben Talks with the best in the world, Ben Lewis. And your girl. Addie the, Addie the baddie. Addie the baddie. Addie, Addie the best eye baddie. Addie the Harajuku Barbie. Addie with the oh, fatty. All right, Addie now. the crown. Okay, now. All right. <laughs> you good? You, I'm good. You, you sure? I'm just excited because we just had Alexis Marie went in here. Yes, that she was a very, very dope conversation. Definitely enjoyed sitting yes, down girl. and chatting with her. And make sure y'all go on YouTube and start clamoring for Premature. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I definitely want to check that out. I'm actually going to go uh, see if I can find a little, find it on uh, one of those websites. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just need someone to pick it up. Netflix, come on. You got mad fuck. You have trash ass. You have trash ass movies on there. They so do. like actually put a good movie up, you know? Yeah, they really do have a lot. Of you know, or like, yeah. Or like Amazon. Come on. Somebody. Y'all need content. Some, some. So get it together because they acted, they acted well. Like that shit was believable. And I'm from New York. So, <laughs> you, know. you ready for some blow the whistle? Yes, I am. All right. Because people need to be told about themselves. There we go. Yes. So today's blow the whistle. Ah, got some things definitely want to want to hit <laughs> hit with. Now, now right. before I get into this first one, Addie, yes, I want to ask you a question. What, what is the most that you have asked a man to do to prove his loyalty or commitment to whatever relationship you guys were having? Okay, let me tell you. So since I'm a black woman, I've been socialized to pleasing black men okay. and to pleasing okay. men in general. So my ask for men is to just, you know, breathe and <laughs> <laughs> growing up, it was just like, you know, simply breathe and like, you know, don't hit me. Right. Because that's really the that's really the criteria. So <laughs> as far as making demands about what a man can do, you know, we I, us black women don't really have the luxury Right, um, right, you know, right. we we are expected to be at your beck and call. So, wow. um, I feel attacked. <laughs> Seems to be a theme of today's show: attack the black man. Yes, basically. Um, I'm an ally. Yeah, but I, an but ser- seriously, <laughs> the most I've asked a guy to do for me, mm-hmm. huh? Let me think. The most I've asked a guy to do for me. I'm actually a pretty. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a pretty decent person. I don't really ask. I don't really ask people to do anything that they wouldn't want to do for themselves. Right. Right. I, I'm not that person. All right. Well, Kylie, who's been feeling a little insecure in the relationship that she's having with Travis Scott, mm-hmm. um, he's just accused of cheating again, and he went as far as <laughs> was there a first time? There was a first time, but it was actually this this guy who dressed up like Travis Scott. Oh right, and was was kissing this girl on a balcony and wanted to prove how gullible we are on the internet. Mm-hmm. So the first time was false, and now he's in hot water again because Kylie mm. thinks he's cheating. What if this is a long con? What if he staged that original guy just in case? Right, like I put this guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving Travis Scott way too much. No, I mean, come on. You're giving him way too little. You're giving him way too much. And you're giving him way too little. These people are not dumb. Like, come on. Nah, Travis Scott ain't do that. I mean, but But, it it would be a great, great idea. Listen, my guy. The decoy. That's what they call them, Amari. They would bring the decoys into the damn room, and you're literally on the show because you cheat. And they bring a decoy in the room, and you sit in Oh, yeah, I'm here for cheating, but a beautiful woman walks in and is hitting on me. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. But uh, Travis Scott, man. I'm blowing the whistle on him because the brother is doing too goddamn much. You For this are white tween. Not only <laughs> did you cancel a show on your tour to fly back to LA mm-hmm. so that you can reconcile with her, but you went as far as boycotting Instagram, deleting your Instagram, I mean, whatever the case is, to prove your loyalty and make her feel more secure in their relationship. She's a billionaire, and this is his family now. 
I get it. I understand. She is a billionaire. But still, at some point, you got to be able to just be like, look, you're being crazy. I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything. Like, I'm not. This, he's going too far now. He's deleting his Instagram. Yeah. What? Because what's next? She's going to come up. What's next? Boycotting the NFL? Not. <laughs> because... He had the opportunity to do that and he didn't. What's he what's he gonna do if she accuses him again? Is he gonna is he gonna stop making music? Is he gonna say I officially retire from making music because this lifestyle of a young artist it makes too many women come around and there's too much temptation. <laughs> so to prove my loyalty to Chloe to to whatever her name is, Kylie. <laughs> the K. I'm gonna stop making music. Is that what's mm-hmm. is that is what's next? And for the, Travis I mean, Scott. And the into, I mean, child, the insecurity too that, like, you know, you have a billion dollars and you're allowing this, this young man, right? This young man to, to do God knows what. And your response is to police his internet time. I'm just like, <laughs> this is just goes to show, you know, she's a very young girl. You know, she's 21 years old. This is appropriate. Um, unfortunately, Banning him from Instagram, I don't think is really going to quite help you. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, sure. Maybe that'll limit the exposure because then he won't have to. Res- he won't have as many DMs to respond to. But <laughs> right, if yeah, he wants to cheat, he will. Right. So Absolutely. Like, he will, and um, and there's like kind of nothing you can really do about it. You know, right, like pretty much. Like there's no amount of like, you know, whiteness or richness that's going to stop him from being a nigga. Yet you exclusively choose to date niggas so <laughs> therefore in summation and conclusion Addie on her full Addie on her it. full niggas ain't deal, shit no uh, I mean deal with that I gotta deal with it so sis now we sisters right because you exclusively choose to, de- to deal with black men and this is what we have to deal with so girl do Listen, what you gotta the do the man is not cheating do what you and gotta do shouldn't have to boycott Instagram to prove his love uh-huh, for you right. now we're gonna stay on the topic of Kylie because she was dubbed a self-made billionaire you don't agree um Self-made? No. Self-made is someone who at one point was eating top ramen five days a week, six <laughs> or seven days of the week. You know, she definitely had a leg up in the in the race mm-hmm. by being born to the family she was born into. Now, I'm not knocking her yeah, for yeah, becoming yeah. a billionaire. But it's a misnomer. That's not she, self-made. Absolutely not. So I guess this this blow the whistle is not to Kylie, but it is to whoever dubbed her self-made yes. a self-made billionaire because she definitely had a lot of mm-hmm. legs up in the race of life mm-hmm. I would say self-accelerated because I would say self-accelerated because yeah you took the you took the bag and doubled it other yes. people take the bag and fumble it yes you took the bag you doubled you tripled you quadrupled it right so yes. like you're self-accelerated right because you yeah. had a you had a foundation and yeah sure what you did with said bag was different than what other people did with said bag and so you were able to finesse it to the extreme right so there's certainly credit for that but i agree let's get let's let's stick to the definite definitions matter right words matter and even the dictionary.com called her out um they tweeted at her and that was hilarious (laughs) to me yeah that was so everybody had had a little issue with it and, uh, but not to shit on her because she's still a billionaire, no, right? Yeah, she, you know, could, like sure. Her. Yeah, I mean, I, then again, I don't really find that an accomplishment. I really don't. Like, I really don't find that oh, yeah. to be much you of an accomplishment. You were born a millionaire, I, uh, and like, now you're a billionaire. Yeah, not like. to shit on her. It's not. It's not a <laughs> shit on her. It's just in, in general for anybody. Like, right. I find pe- like you know who I think is like a dope ass person. Like, what what a real accomplishment is. What uh, Harriet Tubman did for the slaves. I think that's mm. a fucking accomplishment. Mm. You were already free from slavery. Mm. Yeah, you went back three hundred times. 
That's, <laughs> so, that's a fact. So that is a there fact. We go. Especially, no, she didn't go three hundred times. She saved three hundred people, but she went back several times to save three hundred people. You were already free, and you already knew what them niggas was up to. Yeah. So, like, that's an accomplishment to me. So, that's just my. I have a v- different valuation of um, how I, like different valuation uh, system of how I like judge people's acts and like making a billion of dollars when you had a million wasn't yeah it's not on the top of my priorities right exactly (laughs) all right what you got for blow the whistle addy oh let me pull up my notes because i want to be very fucking clear here (laughs) f-a-b-o-l-o so yes i have to actually do i do i must start by saying that fab fabulous is actually one of my favorite rappers growing up he really was um and oh here we go the compliment sandwich <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I must. I must say that because it's extra disappointing to me, and it's extra disappointing that everybody just kind of throws this under the rug, you know. Like, um, so basically, according to the source, um, uh, basically, Fabulous got to a plea deal, uh, basically uh, in in regards to his domestic abuse charge involving Emily B. Basically, yeah. his plea deal says that if he avoids any run-ins with the law for a year and finishes a pre-trial intervention program, um, then he'll basically, like, the, the charges will be dropped. Um, and he's not required to take any anger management courses, um, but he has to provide monthly updates to the Bergen County courts. So basically, here's the background, and this is according to the source. Um he was charges stem from a physical altercation he had with his long-term girlfriend and baby mother Emily B and her dad. It was reported that the 41-year-old fabulous got into a heated debate with Emily and struck her multiple times, subsequently knocking out her front teeth. Following the alleged assault, Emily asked her dad and brother to come to confiscate Fabulous's guns as she was worried that he'd use them against her. At the point when Fabulous discovered the weapons were gone, He reportedly threatened to kill Emily, her dad, and her brother, as indicated by Mm NorthJersey.com. The vicious trade was caught on camera um, at the couple's Inglewood, New Jersey home. And um, so basically, uh, the uh, fabulous was uh, seen approaching this uh, Emily B's dad at the couple's home in Inglewood, New Jersey. Um, Fabulous was indicted on one account of domestic violence and had... Um, one one count of domestic domestic violence with significant bodily injury. I'm assuming the teeth that were knocked out of the young lady's face. Pop them right out. Uh, two counts of threatening to kill and one count of possession of a weapon. He uh, and he was at the time facing up to 20 years in prison. But the plea deal came as no at no surprise to many, according to the source. Once again, um, because both Emily and her dad were by his side as everything unfolded. So. It seems as though things changed yes. from when the video was released yes. to when Fabulous was receiving the backlash to then after the fact when not only Emily, because you can understand why a woman oftentimes, just as we see with R. Kelly, just as you see with anyone who is in a situation that is allegedly toxic, they often stay because once again, Women are socialized to please men. So I, I mean, I, I, w- me. I would disagree with that point. Uh, women are not social. Women are socialized, socialized to be free thinking beings, men. and they just choose to please men. In socialized, their time. socialized. <laughs> but anyway, um, and yet, with, and then if you add the bag, meaning the money, the the loot to it, not only can you socialize the woman, you can socialize her dad. 
because her dad had something very different to say after the video. Could you imagine um, as a dad the conversation? I could not imagine. Look, baby, all he did was knock your teeth out. Like, Come on now. Like, like <laughs> can you tell me where that makes sense? Because the thing is that the girl in herself, like, I, I was like looking her up and stuff and within her own respective career she's like a millionaire she has her own money she has a stylist and all the dealings that she's been able to figure out of right. course her career will probably be would suffer once a fabulous cuts ties with her but you know I couldn't imagine as a dad and I and I take my role as a dad very seriously you know doing that to my daughter right so yeah. but anyway um, Fabulous will not go to prison for 20 years, but he did accept the plea deal. And um, all is well. I guess you, you can continue listening to Fabulous's songs because I know you never stopped. Well, I mean, I haven't listened to a Fab song in a very long time, but I'm looking I forward like to, his songs, unfortunately, to uh, but another I, mediocre project that he's probably going to put out. Um, yeah. He's really just, he's really existed <laughs> in, wow. He's really Mediocrity. existed in this. He's just right in the middle. He's not great. Like, he's not bad. He's just been coast he's just coasting. He's been coasting for a long... He's good, he's good. but he's just really not made too many splashes. Just kind of nope. been under exactly. the radar. And, you know, maybe because he's private because he wants... He has secrets to keep. Yeah, like punching <laughs> two women's teeth out. Uh, <laughs> next up on the docket for Blow the Whistle. I got to blow the whistle. Now, we started the show by giving props to LeBron James. Yes. But I got to blow the whistle on LeBron James. No. LeBron has a show on HBO called The Shop. And on this show, a bunch of rich people who made it out of whatever situations they were in in life. You know, kudos to them. Absolutely. But really, the show is just a bunch of rich guys sitting in a a, a makeshift barbershop. Rich black men. Rich black men mm-hmm. sitting in a makeshift barbershop complaining about being rich and famous and how people see them and get all excited all the time. And they just want to be normal folks. And they didn't get into it for the fame and all this other stuff that comes with it. And on the most recent episode, they were talking about how they don't owe anyone in their community or anyone really to to take care. They're saying in the context of like not having to take care of people. Like, oh, I don't owe anyone anything because I don't have to take care of people because, you know, I made it. And, you know, Mm. X, Y and Z. Now, I will say this. Two chains disagreed with that point because 2 Chainz said he does take care of a lot of people in his family Mm -hmm. but for the most part everyone in that shop for that episode was like oh yeah I don't owe anybody anything I mean I made it it it, it was very it very much sounded like well I made it out so I'm not gonna give you a handout because I didn't have a handout yo and nobody wants to sit there because you are making this show and hear rich people problems right I don't give a damn about rich people problems I don't care that people see you in the street and ask you to dance Mm -hmm. because you're filthy rich you know what you say when people do that no and you keep it pushing but you're gonna sit in the barbershop wearing a bunch of clothing which I'm sure I can't even afford to window shop at the stores where these clothing (laughs) are sold don't even look. And all these guys are sitting there with all of their millions of dollars because they literally became millionaires overnight. They got picked in the NBA. They, you know, made it big off a sitcom. Whatever the case is, there's always different types of people in there. And you're complaining. And this is supposed to be good, compelling television? Yeah. I don't give a damn. LeBron, I'm broke. And I got to sit here <laughs> to hear you talk about, oh, Blah Broke blah blah. Ashy. Yeah. Well, I ain't never asked you. I'll say that. Bro, the boy ain't never asked you. I will say that. But I'm broke. I don't want to hear about you crying because people are like, oh, you're rich and you don't have any problems in life. You didn't need to make this show on a channel that only rich houses get. Basically. So that they can understand. Because Yo. all I get from watching the shop is annoyance. As you should. This reminds me so. 
Hate to drop the H bomb again. I'm wearing my shirt. Um, but at Harvard, I remember. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I went to Harvard. Oh. I mean, I don't brag about it. You like to brag about me, but I'm gonna okay, just bring okay. up this point. Uh huh. Um, I remember my first year, my freshman year, we went to like the Black Student Association meeting, and there was this dude who stood up and was basically. And until this day, he makes fun of himself for saying this. So he's like learned since then. But basically, he was just like, um, uh, uh, sorry, no, just a, a little bit of the backstory. A pastor came into our meeting along with a thug. It was a pastor, pastor and a thug. And a th- they were together. Quite knew, a fucking duo. And basically, the thug was cursing us out and just basically telling us like, you guys got to Harvard, so like you know. How did he get into Harvard? <laughs> no, he didn't go to Harvard. No, he came there. No, with I'm the, saying, how is he let on the premises? Is what I because he know. came with the reverend. <laughs> so he's basically <laughs> cursing us out, like y'all have mad fucking privilege. Keep in mind, I just got here, literally just left Jamaica Queens, and so he's cursing us out, telling us all this and that. But I understand where he's coming from because my immediate response when I got into fucking Harvard was like, who the fuck am I? Right? Like, I know tons of people who are fucking dope and smart and. Are capable who deserve opportunities so I could easily take my <laughs> I don't take that shit personally just like I respect white people when I say white people who don't take that shit personally because it's like if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do the message still remains right right um but one boy stood up and was like <laughs> was like well you know like if I like oh, worked he stood hard up to the thug. <laughs> he did <laughs> He got the fuck up. He stood up and was like, well, I don't... Basically, the thug was like, you know, you have responsibility. You know, you're supposed to... um, You're you're supposed to set an example. You're supposed to go back into the community and share your privileges and opportunities with black people who don't have it. And basically, he was like, well, I didn't grow up around black people. And I didn't... You know, and like, I... I created my own opportunity. So why should I feel obligated to create opportunities for other black people so what you just wow. told me just reminded me of that because it was just like I like <laughs> I did let me you know and like he he grew up <laughs> he grew up like upper middle class they call it which is rich um that's black people rich so upper like middle class, yeah right yeah and so it's just like okay so sure you you weren't brought up with that mentality um but it's just it just it really bothers me right. it really bothers me because it's just like you know, you're not better than any black people around. You're not better than any of the black people around you. And you have so much. So what is wrong with you? You know, what is wrong with you? Like, why? Why is it that you feel like this is the stance you want to take? Why is right. it that you feel like this is this is the this is the hill you want to die on? Um, luckily, that person has since changed his tune and like makes fun of himself for even saying that. Well, good. Um, a but, self-aware man. Yeah, and, man. and you know, he was, we were all young at the time, so it's, yeah. but it just kind of reminds me of that, that like, yeah, you have money, but who the fuck, like then what, right? Because yeah, you have money and then you die, right? And you die yeah. and then that, where does that go to? To some other selfish ass person who could be creating opportunities for others? And I don't even mean to say that like you need, your money is the communities to take. You have no, to set yeah, boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, absolutely. and, and, and to the point of what they're saying as far as like yeah I can't give money and handouts to everybody right but I want to give I want to build capacity within my communities within my family so that they can create their own things like that should be something that you're concerned about you know even if you're not quite sure about how to do it effectively it shouldn't be like well that's not my problem you know what I mean I just don't I personally don't understand that yeah yeah and uh, I don't think it's compelling television because like I said a bunch of rich black dudes complaining that uh, they got too much money and fame. Oh, like boo-hoo. you. 
Who, me? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't. Ben lives in Westchester. Wow. That is... Allegedly. Don't start that rumor. Allegedly. You I do not, me, you I do not live me. in Westchester. He says. All right. Um, he, he proclaimed. Listen, I live in flat. <laughs> I live in a little hut in Flatbush. Not that's true. What, that's a little hut on Flatbush. Nah. That's, a mansion. That's, that's where I live. Flatbush be having some nice places. Well, listen. Well, Backyard. The, 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 the areas in Flatbush. One family home. The areas in Flatbush that got all that, they, they don't allow people that look like me over there. Please. <laughs> ben is sitting pretty pretty every night. <laughs> oh, in the, in the, in you the, have your own room? <laughs> <laughs> in the Lambo I drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's Blow the Whistle. Um, it's time for uh, Don't At Me. And uh, I'm curious what you have to say today. The music has to stop. Oh, we're no dropping the mic. Underlying oh, music shit. for this, okay? Well, damn. <laughs> well, damn. Let me brace my fucking self. I'm let, my, let me pour myself another drink. No, I have one. I'm good. Listen. Let's go. Listen. So, <clears throat> I had this experience uh, yesterday. I went to a You had sex for the first time? Well, no. That's that. I, hopefully, that happens soon. But um, <laughs> don't so, hold your breath. Yeah, don't don't hold don't hold your breath. All right. The experience I had yesterday, I went I went into a public restroom as I had to go, and I used the bathroom. A guy came a couple a couple urinals away. Used mm-hmm. the bathroom as well. We finished at the same time. We both get to the sink. <laughs> he picks up his bag and washes. Not no, he doesn't wash. He Splashes one hand in the sink. The other hand not didn't get wet. He didn't wash it. <laughs> He's holding his bag one hand. He fake washes his hands. He fake washes his hands uh, with the other hand. And I couldn't help. I was I was in awe. I was flabbergasted. I was standing there and I was looking at him like, yo, I see you, bro. Like you just you just used the bathroom and you didn't wash your hands. And, uh, is this not commonplace in the men's restroom? This is not commonplace. I thought men took pride in not washing their hands. It took pride. You have to According wash to your Kodak hands. According to Kodak Black. No, Kodak Maybe Black. Maybe that's not a good That is not the barometer <laughs> of which you should I'm sorry. Listen. That was a stereotype. So, this week's Don't At Me goes to you nasty motherfuckers out there who use the bathrooms, especially in public restrooms, mm-hmm. arguably the dirtiest place on the face of the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Speak on it. And you use the bathroom, whether it's one or two, and you just walk straight out, and you don't even attempt to lie because I'm standing there to put soap on your hand nah. and even rub it in for a few seconds. They didn't expect you to be all in their business. You just walk <laughs> right out of the bathroom? What is wrong with you? What? Who told you this was okay? Another one of the early lessons that your mom teaches you is to wash your hands. At least my mom taught me. I, Addie, I'm sure your mom taught you the same. Yes, she did. Wash your hands when you use the bathroom. And it's and you, whether it's one or two. It's really good for you. Yes, but this, yo, if you listen, I can't understand this. You don't wash your hands, and then you're touching at all these surfaces, and you're shaking people's hands, and you're dapping people up, and you're. Preparing mm-hmm. people's food and you're just walking oh. around spreading your germs, your disgustingness that you're probably immune to, but will surely give me some sort of hepatitis. Listen, you disgusting, nasty people out there. If you are someone who uses the bathroom and you choose not to wash your hands, you don't even fake because other people are in the bathroom watching you. 
listen, I see you. I saw that you didn't wash your hands. I saw everything you just did. And you're going to go and touch the surface of a, a handrail or something like that that I have to touch after you yeah. with no regard. Listen, if you are someone who does not wash your hands after you use the bathroom, you don't care about the human race. Nope. You don't care about yourself. Nope. And most of all, you don't give a damn about me. If you are someone who does not wash your hands after you use the bathroom, you are disgusting. You're an asshole. You're a jerk. And I hope you're not a thought because you'd be infecting everyone. I said what I said. Now don't at me. Disgusting people out there not washing their goddamn hands. You're mad. Bro, I saw saw him. I watched him. We finished at the same time. Mm -hmm. He walks to the sink and just... Basically, put his hand by the sensor to turn the water on and walked out. I think you're the minority here. I think I'm the I minority. Think, of I do. People that wash their hands. I no, think in the men's no, restroom you no. are the minority. In the men's rest- I think so. I think men are disgusting, <laughs> and I think that they take, <laughs> they take pride in being nasty. While so. there are a lot of things that men skip out on doing hygienically. Yeah. yeah. Washing your hands in a public restroom. I was in. It was a. Train I think they station. think they're stronger. Than it was germs. a train station bathroom. <laughs> You have to take a whole shower after taking the train. Toxic masculinity is stronger than that. Is, that's toxic disgustingness. <laughs> that's not toxic masculinity. That is disgusting. That is, that is, I don't even know what to call it. I'm at a loss for words. Like, that was disgusting. Yeah. He couldn't even lie because I was sitting there. Like, I was there. Like, bro, I saw you. We finished at the same time. You didn't even put soap on but your hand to lie about it. it. He splashed it so you could see. He splashed one hand. He didn't even splash two hands. Just so the record could show he did it. Like... He I wouldn't have know. done shit if yeah. he wasn't if you weren't there. He was. Oh my god! He wouldn't have done nothing. I, listen, I yo, I, he made me sick to my stomach. I okay. was like, I met if if that's what a majority of men are doing, they gotta do better. Yeah, talk to Wa- them. Wash your goddamn hands. You know, like come amongst on. many other things, they should be doing better. Yeah, like yeah, wash your hands, washing your hands. Or, or something. Like he didn't even use the hand dryer, so he's walking around with wet, dirty hands <laughs> uh, to, to make it even worse. It, it's sickening. Oh, well. I'm just going to use this real quick to remind everyone that tomorrow night is going down at Pine Box Rock Shop. Oh, my God. I'm going to be uh, there. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 930 to 1230. We got a great lineup. Convo, Johnny Petrop, Ricketti, TYB, Prince Twan, Brandon, Billy Bristol, and Just Keith will all be performing tomorrow night at Pine Box Rock Shop. Tickets are only $10. If you go to theart.eventbrite.com, you can still get those tickets. Make sure. I want to see everyone listening there. All right. And I want to see everyone. I want to uh, everyone listening needs to stay locked into Radio Free Brooklyn, because coming up right after me is Heron now with Rachel C, who is back. Yes, yes, yes. Rachel C is back. And it's a great show. You don't want to miss it. So stay locked in. Do not go anywhere. Everyone, I will see you tomorrow night at Pine Box Rock Shop located at 12 Granton Street. Uh, if you see me, no, I'm not going to buy you a drink, but come over and say what's up, because uh, I'm a broke radio host out here. Come on now. <laughs> All right. No budget. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the wait, next. Uh, can I just make it? Next two weeks, I'm gonna be away on oh, location. Yeah, sending, yes. By my on my own dime. I'm sending Addie <laughs> on location to South by Southwest. Um, I will be uh, PayPaling you about three bucks to get yourself a drink. He'll, he will not be doing that either. No, I won't actually. <laughs> I won't. But way to call me out on the air. Uh, hair now, Rachel C. Coming up right after this. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Catch you tomorrow at. Ben Talks presents All About the Art, Volume 1. And Addie the Baddie will be there providing the eye candy. Somewhere.
Harry and I Richard C coming up.